Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. How's it going? I also must take a moment and brag on Jeff and Fawn. My goodness, I want to tell you guys one thing, and I, some of you guys are probably just getting to know them. Some of you have probably known them for years. But these are not rookies, okay? These are people that have been grounded and have been proven. And, you know, in, in Ventura, we, we Je- uh, Janet and I and Jeff and Fawn were, were non-staff pastors together. And I remember you guys going, Oh my goodness, like I gotta like step up my game, man, because these are the best non-staff pastors I had ever seen. Literally. And so I truly believe that you are as good or better than all the staff pastors, okay? So they weren't getting paid, Jeff's working a regular job, and you guys were doing like I remember like young adults and the young professionals. I remember coming over to your guys' house and we did something for young professionals, but if there ever was a church that's name was a great, the best description of their pastors, it's authentic church. And so we are, uh, Jan and I love you guys, and uh, we're so happy that we've gotten to do life with you. And um, I want, uh, I love my, my beautiful wife. Will you stand up, Janet? She's so pretty. And so, um, you know, if you, I, some of you have heard it, but I want to share it again because I know I've seen some new faces. So um, if you read my bio, it says that I have been an entrepreneur since the age of 13, which is true. From the age of 13, I was a drug dealer. <laughs> and so uh, was, it's been very helpful for business. I just want to be honest with you, okay? I learned a lot in those days. And um, and so every male role model I had was a drug dealer. And so um, when I was in my mid-20s, uh, Janet and I started dating. And so uh, Janet was a backslidden Christian. And, and if I could just be transparent with you, I was her drug dealer. She's going to write a book that says, I brought my drug dealer to church. <laughs> and so um, one Sunday, uh, Janet uh, asked me, and uh, um, I responded yes to going to church, and uh, she took me into a church not much different than, than this place. And so one thing I'd like to um, encourage you is, you know, there's people out there that you're like, there's no way they'd come. Just ask them. They might just come. And when they walk, I mean, you can't say when you walk through these doors, you don't feel something tangible and real. And when the presence of God hits somebody, it can change them. It could change the trajectory of their life. It could take somebody like me, the per like, you know, and this is some things I usually don't share about, you know, like, and I never had noticed that I was different than the other people in my family. I just never had noticed. I have blonde hair. I have blue eyes. My sisters have really dark hair, darker skin, and, uh, um, and uh, dark eyes, dark hair. 
And so, you know, I found out, like, when I was 40, that um, my mom um, uh, had had an affair. And nine months later, Merry Christmas, I popped out. I was, I was not, like, planned for or expected or even wanted. And so God can take, and, and you might be here going, gosh, I'm, I'm not even wanted. I'm the, you know, like, and when growing up, I was the, the guy that uh, the people's families that my friends would say, please stay away from that guy. Please stay away from that guy's house. And so I wanted to share with you is if God could use us, if God could use us, he can literally use anybody. So after, after church, uh, Janet took me up to the front, and this little woman is there, and she says, say this prayer and repeat it after me. And I'm like, sure. Here's the prayer. My first time ever being in a church. God, come in my life. God, take the things out of my life that you want out. God, put the things in my life that you want in, in Jesus' name. Really simple, right? Well, a very exciting thing happened the next day as my house got raided by the police. <laughs> Be very careful for what you pray for. It might just happen. I was in jail that night, and I, and I cried out to God. I know it sounds funny, but it wasn't funny at the time. In fact, it was horrifying. I never wanted to go back there again, I'll tell you that. So, uh, like, I cried out to God, and I'm like, how could this happen? I just prayed yesterday, you know, and gave you my life. And, you know, like, I'm the unchurched, okay? I didn't know that God could speak to your heart, and I really, it was the first time I, I sensed God speaking to my heart, and he said, I did this for you. I have a new plan for your life. And this last May 31st was 30 years that God had set us free. So uh, Janet said, hey, we're Christian now. We got to find a church. And so uh, we started going around to some of these churches and, you know, like, she's like, are the people here, like, seem unusual to you? And I'm like, yeah, they're very unusual to me. I mean, the only people I knew were drug dealers, right? And so she's like, oh, no, the ladies here, their hair is so long. And I'm like, well, I hadn't noticed, but Okay. Will you go, Mike, will you go ask one of the ladies while the, while why their hair is so long? And I go, sure. So I went up to one of the ladies and I said, excuse me, miss, but why is your hair so long? <laughs> she said, here at our church, we do not believe in cutting your hair. Okay, so since Janet is a hairdresser and cuts hair for a living, we knew we were in the wrong church. <laughs> they would have thought you were a harlot. So I remember, like it was yesterday, 30, it was 30 years ago, we held hands and we prayed, God, send us to the church you want us to be in. And we went to this church, very similar to this church, with pastors just like you guys. And um, it became my first positive male role model at the age of 26. And so, um, and so what we... So, I, you know, I had quit uh, selling drugs because I was Christian, and, um, 
and I heard it was wrong. And I had a drywall repair business. I was doing $100 jobs, $500 jobs. We had two little kids. And uh, Jana was actually assisting, um, assisting four busy hairstylists. And so, um, you know, when I, when I stand up here to, today, I, I want to tell you that we are the most ordinary people that you can imagine. In fact, I'm so far below ordinary in so many different ways. Janet's brilliant. She's really smart. I mean, like I was sharing last night, I, I read at a, a sixth grade level, and that's just because I've been practicing. <laughs> we started doing some groups, and I had to read the books, right? You know, like I remember, like, I got the Bible on tape on cassette <laughs> when I first started, and I listened to it on cassette. And literally what we did was we tried to take the Word of God and what the pastor was preaching on Sunday and put it into practice on Monday. And what happened was God moved supernaturally through us. And the same thing will happen for you guys. So um, year, years ago, um, you know, like uh, it was like in probably I'd been Christian maybe five or seven years, and um, this guy uh, comes up to me, and he's like, you are an ambassador for Christ. And I'm like, okay, great. I, I really didn't even know what he was talking about. It was kind of like, you know, one in one ear out the other, right? Three, three weeks later, another person comes up to me and says the exact same thing. You are an ambassador for Christ. And I started thinking, I mean, like, Listen, I, you know, we were going to church. You know, like Janet was working in the nursery. I was an usher. I thought that's what it was. That's what we were supposed to do, right? I mean, I remember, you know, like after we first got born again and we were going to our church and we went, uh, there was someone sick at the hospital and I, I walked, and the hospital is really close to our church. It's like, like literally a two-minute walk. And I, I walked there with the pastor and then uh, he asked me, he said, would you like to pray over the person that's sick, and I, and I said, absolutely, and I prayed for that person, and, I, you know, um, and uh, we were talking about, like, scripture, and we were talking about life as we were walking back, and I remember my pastor saying something to me. He said, you know what, Mike, maybe you're supposed to quit your job and go into ministry as a vocation. So back then, 30 years ago, it just, there was nothing that you could see that looked like being godly and being in business or having a job. And one thing I want to share with you is God can use you right where you're at in a supernatural way. So after the second person had said that to me, I was like, wow, you know, maybe this is God. But I didn't even know what the word ambassador meant. I had to look it up in the dictionary. It means a messenger sent from a ruling authority usually chosen as a, uh, from the mature people. And here's the scripture. And let me stop with this. The same way that those people spoke that over my life, I want to speak that over your life right now. You guys are ambassadors. You guys are messengers from a ruling authority, and God's got a plan for you to impact and influence your sphere of influence. And here's the scripture, 2 Corinthians 
It says, we therefore are Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And there's one translation that says, we are Christ's representatives. We are literally like, to our spheres of influence, we are examples of Christ. We are actually samples of him. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and this is in the message translation, and it says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave this charge. And this is Jesus speaking. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by the baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And then I'll be with you through this day, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. So I, want, I got a question. Who is Jesus speaking to? He's speaking to a specific group, 12 people. Pastor Jeff, who are they? The disciples. Who were the disciples? What were they? Who were those guys? They were ordinary guys. They were unschooled. They were, had no training in rabbit, they had no rabbinical training. They were fishermen. They were small business owners. They were marketplace people. If you look at the book of, the, of Acts, the majority of the miracles in the book of Acts happened in the marketplace. And one of the coolest things about this scripture, you know, that God commissions us, no, he, God commanded Jesus to commission us. And one of the coolest parts of the scripture, as I was reading it a couple times this morning, is not just did he command, uh, he was commanded it to commission us. He says, when we go out and train people in this God way of life, he will be with us. Because without Jesus, it's useless. I love Acts 1.8, and this is in the NIV. It says, but you will receive power. There's one translation that says authority. You will receive power and authority when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And just as a point of reference, these 12 misfits that Jesus commissioned won half of the known world. Half of the known world at that time came to know Jesus through 12 misfits. The Holy Spirit will do for your witness what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. You go into the Holy Spirit as Clark Kent, you come out as Superman. You know, as a new Christian, simple prayer. I still, I still have, and I'm a, such a simple guy. Like, I, you know, like kind of maybe even overly simple. Like, we actually, literally, Janet and I watch the same TV show every night. It's Everybody Loves Raymond. And so we just tape it, right? I don't know how many times we see the, every episode, right? You know, but like, we're just simple. Simple people, right? I mean, I'm more simple than her. I will actually eat the same exact thing every day, right? She's like, I need a little variety. 
Simple prayer, new Christians. God, use us. God, use us. I remember praying like this, and I prayed it this morning. God, if you can use anything, you can use me. I pray that over my company. God, if you can use anything, you can use MRC. So as ambassadors, let me tell you some stuff that, because God wants to use you church, authentic church. I want, I want to say this this way. God wants to use you individually to do something supernatural. And he also wants to use this church to change this region and to affect this region. In my, in my prayer time this week over this church, it was this church is um, uniquely positioned in an arena of economic, um, uh, like where the economics of this arena affect not only the state of California, but the whole world. So God wants to use you in this arena here in Orange County to affect the people that will affect more people that will affect more people that will affect the world. But let me tell you a few things that I found along the way that don't work. There's some stuff that doesn't work. Number one, what doesn't work when we're trying to be an ambassador is don't be weird. Don't be weird. Nobody likes a Jesus weirdo. You do not need to learn how to speak fluently in Christianese. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know, someone comes up to you, you're like, hey, you want something to drink? And they're like, yeah, thirsty for the Lord. I'm like, iced tea or water. I mean, just be normal. You don't have to be odd for God. You know, we had started our first marketplace. It was about our first marketplace ministry we had started in about 2005. And so it was a prayer group for men, right? And uh, this one guy that um, we helped start like a plumbing company. And uh, he's a plumbing contractor. And, uh, you know, he, he just was like, at my office, and he was talking to us about the Dominican Republic, which uh, Jan and I had like this super cool thing where we, we got to help uh, launch a church in the Dominican Republic, and so, um, and it was probably the, the biggest step of faith that we ever took in our lives, especially at that point. We literally mortgaged, um, we mortgaged our house, and we bought a movie theater in the Dominican Republic um, because this church had so many people coming from crusades that were happening, and nobody was supporting them on a regular basis. And so it then, um, our, the, the promise he made me was every year he would start a new church in a new city. And so now not only do we have the biggest church in the whole area of the Dominican Republic, but we have 12 churches in 12 cities in the Dominican And so, um, so uh, this guy was talking to me about the Dominican Republic because it has beautiful beaches, right? And he had heard that I was talking about the Dominican. He didn't know it was a, we were doing some missionary stuff there, right? So he's just talking to me, and he's like, hey, you know, where can I talk to you more about this? And I go, well, you know, uh, tomorrow morning at 6, um, you know, we have, we have a group of us that meet um, at my church. It's like a, a business person's prayer group. He's like, hey, well, sounds good to me, right? Guy's not Christian or anything, right? He just... 
he starts showing up to prayer. And I remember, um, you know, so it was so cool because I had the, the privilege to teach these men how to pray, right? And so I would go around the room and, you know, we st- uh, we'd do like a little devotional. And then everybody had to pray, right? And it was so kind of interesting that none of these men had ever prayed out loud. And I was like, it would come to one guy and he'd go, pass. And I'd go like this, there is no pass. You cannot pass. What do I, what do I pray? I said, pretend like you're just talking to your best friend. And I just, you know, started teaching these men how to pray. And this guy was coming, right? And, you know, after one or two weeks, he's like standing up. I got to give a testimony. I prayed at work and there was a supernatural miracle. And, you know, like, he's not even Christian, right? You know, after one of the prayer times, right, I, I, you know, we were out in the parking lot, and I'm all, hey, do you want to accept Christ? He's all, absolutely. I said, raise your hands. And he raised his hand, and I, I, I prayed for him. He accepted Christ, and he's like crying, and snot is coming out of his nose. It was absolutely beautiful. I actually can remember so many of those moments. It's literally like a blur to me how many people I've seen come to know Christ. And so many times it's like it's all of a sudden like tears just like stream out of people's face as they start to experience the presence of God. There's nothing like it. And the world is starving for authenticity. They are starving for it. So... um. Afterwards, I said to him, I go, hey, you know, I just wanted to know what, what attracted you to what I was doing and going to this prayer group and becoming Christian. He said, Mike, you were the first Christian I ever met that wasn't weird. <laughs> and here's the scripture. It's Titus 2, 7 and 8 in the message translation. It says, but mostly show them all this by doing it yourself. Incorruptible in your teaching." Your words, solid and sane. Then when anyone who is dead set against you, and I'm talking about your family members right now. I'm talking about your coworkers. When they find out, and then anyone who is dead set against you, when he finds nothing weird or misguided, they will eventually come around to the truth. You know, so uh, in, that, in that prayer group, um, afterwards, we'd go out to breakfast. And for like six months, we'd go to the same restaurant because I am that guy, right? I would go to the same restaurant, order the same thing. And we had actually the same waitress for six months. It was Christmas time. So I said to the guys, I'm like, hey, listen, we've been coming here for six months. We're talking about God. And so let's leave her a big tip. You know, it's Christmas. And, and they're all, what do you think? I said, well, there's six of us. Let's, let's each, like, give her 20 bucks. So the tip would be $120, right? And so uh, we left her a $120 tip. We walk out to the parking lot. The waitress literally sprints out to the parking lot. Tears are flowing down her face and said, will you pray for me? I want to have what you guys have. I want to be a Christian. Doing good is what works. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I feel like Jan and I are on a mission to do as much good as we possibly can as often as we can. It's uh, 1 Peter 2.12. Live such good lives among the pagans 
And the pagans, it's not like some, you know, like person like, you know, like, you know, that's crazy or anything like that. It's just the godless. Live such good lives among the godless people that though they, they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds, uh, good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. 1 Peter 2.15, for it's God's will. This is God's will. That by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. You know, I want to I tell um, one uh, kind of backup story um, that I was thinking about this morning. So we started praying over uh, the people that we work with. Um, I started doing it like 18 years ago. Um, and one, it was this, my pastor had asked me uh, to take some additional time to pray. And let me back up again now. I'm really feeling pastoral, Jeff. I'm going down rabbit trails. I hope it's a good trail, though. I'm hoping. One of the, one of the smartest and... Um, one of the smartest and most effective things that Jan and I have done is that we've always been in a local church and been under the spiritual authority of a pastor. And so um, I, I don't want to butcher this scripture, but it says, there's a scripture that says, obey your pastors because it's their job to, uh, to look after your soul. And when you do this, and I'm butchering it now, when you do this, it will bring great joy to them. So my pastor, you know, I always kind of listened to what he said. He was my first positive male role model. And he had asked me to um, take some additional time in prayer. And God was going to show me something. And so I'm like, okay. And so, like, it was about an, uh, 30 minutes driving to work and home. And I took 30 minutes for a month. And I prayed, God, show me what you want me to do. And after 30 days, the Lord showed me that we were the spiritual leaders of our businesses. Started asking myself, what does a spiritual leader do? I'm not really 100% sure, right? I just remembered my pastor was someone that prayed for people often. So I thought, I'm going to start praying for the people that I work with. And I wrote all their names down on cards and started praying over them. And so first I started praying like this, God, let them make good decisions so our company is successful in Jesus' name. I mean, that's, you know, I, and then the Lord stopped me and said, do you think that's what's important to me? And I'm like, God, what is important to you? So this is the way I started praying over people, and I've been praying over people for 18 years the same way. If they don't know Jesus, I pray that they'd come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If they know Jesus, I pray that they would know him better. They would know him intimately as Lord, Savior, and Master. I pray for their marriages. I pray for their family, and I pray for their children. And once I started doing that, it's literally like all heaven broke loose. We've seen over, I would have to say, closer to 2,000 people come to know Jesus over the last 18 years. And all we've done is pray for people. And I do it on my own, you know, I do it on my, uh, in my office. I do it at my house. Okay, in my private office, okay, it's, it's this area, like, I'm going to say, like, I, I just kind of, like, started trying to figure, I'm going to, like, 10% of my time, my work time, is going to be prayer. Like so 10, so if you figure I work 50 hours a week, that means at least five hours a week I'm gonna spend in prayer over the people I work with. 
And so um, uh, the, I wanted to talk about one of my jobs. So, you know, I just had a thought, you know, and like some things, the Holy Spirit will just drop into you as thoughts and ideas. And so I had this idea. Why don't I just see if I can get prayer going on my job sites? You know, we had, at the time, we had about uh, 12 jobs, and they had, the smallest job had like eight or ten guys on it, and the biggest job had like almost 100 guys working on it. So I'm like, okay, we're praying on Wednesdays, and so let's just, we'll offer it, it's like, they don't have to do it, so it's optional, but if they want to, it's like 15 minutes on a Wednesday after they do their stretching, we could have optional prayer time. And I gave them a little, uh, a little thing to do is to pray for safety and pray for the families and such like that, right? And so I'm not really knowing if it's happening. And I just figured this way, you know, like on a job of 10, at least two people might got to be willing to pray, right? And so I, I was going to the biggest job, which had about almost 100 of our workers working on the biggest job. And so it was somebody's 20-year uh, anniversary. And just as a side note, our company has a uh, 10 people that have worked for us for over 20 years. We have 75 people that have worked with us for over 15 years. We have over 100 people that have worked with us for more than 10 years. And that's a byproduct of us praying for them. Because what's happened is you will love who you pray for. And there's something authentic about that. And so what has happened is when I, because we've authentically loved all the people we work with, they never want to leave. So I go, you know, I call up and I go, hey, it's, uh, um, I think the guy's name was Pedro, was, it was his 20-year anniversary, and I'm going to come to the job. And I thought, you know, since it's Wednesday, you know, um, I was going to come there and give him an award. And I, I said, you know, I'm just going to lead prayer that day, you know, and I, I know there's like 100 guys, so how many guys are... Uh, are praying on the Wednesday, and I said like 10 maybe, I thought, you know, maybe 10 or 15, and they're like, oh no, all 100 guys. They said, but not just our guys, all the subcontractors, another 100 guys. But not just the subcontractors, people, we work on existing apartment buildings, People were coming out of the apartment buildings that live there and were joining with our Wednesday prayer. When I got there, there was 240 people all lifting their hands and praising the living God. And it started with just an idea. What if I could get other people to pray too? So many things have happened. So many miracles have happened through that. I mean, like, I literally heard one story of someone fell 10 feet off of scaffolding on one of our jobs, 10 feet backwards onto his back. Somebody walked up to him, prayed over him. He jumped up, scuffled off the, all the dirt, and went right back to work. That doesn't just happen. That's supernatural. That's the angels of God protecting our workers. So um, one, of the, one of the guys that I've worked with and I've known, uh, he's worked with me for probably like 24 years. And so um, really, really close. I've actually known him since we were in junior high school. And so uh, years back, he uh, came up to me and said, hey, me and my wife are getting a divorce. And I'm like, oh, John, that's terrible. Why? You know, and he's just like, we're not getting along or 
for whatever reasons. Were, and I said, you know, I believe you and Angie are going to get back together. He said, no, it's not going to happen, Mike. And I said, I believe it's going to. Every time I'd see John for the, over the next three years, I would say, John, I believe you and Angie are going to get back together. He'd say, Mike, I'm with somebody else. She's with somebody else. It's never going to happen. And I'd go like this. I believe you're going to get back together. You know, one Saturday, I was at my office doing my prayer time, and John calls me on the phone. He said, can I come to the office? And I'm like, I almost said no. And the reason why is because it's my prayer time, and I don't like to be bothered. (laughs) But I said, John, sure, come to the office. He sat on the chair across my desk from me, and he said, Mike, would you pray for me? Um, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I almost fell off my chair, (laughs) to be honest with you. I mean, this is a rough guy, right? The roughest you could imagine. So I prayed for him, and, um, you know, like he accepted Christ. And after we were done, he said, oh, yeah, Angie and I got back together. You can speak life into people. You have the opportunity to speak life into people. In Proverbs, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Fruit, you have the opportunity to speak life into people. And so uh, this is special for you guys, because um, I was, it wasn't part of the message, but I got up and uh, I re- I'm pretty high tech. I just want to let you know. Um, I don't know if you noticed, um, uh, uh, this is uh, my iPad right here, um, and um, uh, this is uh, my uh, UVerse Bible right here. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get technology savvy, it's just not happening very fast. I mean, I love you millennials, I love you guys, man. Someone's got to fix my phone, Okay. <laughs> Church, God wants to use you. God wants to use you more than you even know it. And God, and God will take the things in our lives and he will take them and rearrange them so that they are useful for him. And sometimes we just have to be willing. And there's no, he's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for people that are willing. I remember growing up, they used to have this saying, God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. He's also looking for credibility, dependability, and responsibility. Jeff, do we have, a, can we have some, uh, someone come up and just play lightly? I'm going to finish this long thing, and then I, I want to, is that cool? Or you could just put, like, on an iPod or something. Or, you know, like, if I was doing it, I would probably put it on a CD player. But, um, yeah, or a cassette. Yeah, um, did you, you know, we do, we still do have an 8-track player at our house. No, but our, our cousin was over and she's like, hey, do you have a CD player? And we're like, what? And my son's all, yeah, let, let me go into the 80s closet. <laughs> Get you out a CD player. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are so good. God loves us so much 
and wants to use us so much. And you might be here today and you might be going, well, there's just stuff in my life, man. You just don't know. Jesus knows. God knows. And he still wants to use you. You might have like, you know, I just got so many imperfections or I, ha- I just got so, many, so much stuff. How could God use me? It's the people like us where his power shows up in greatly. I could never say like, you know, I, I, I could say it, but it would be, it would be literally ridiculous like that I'd done what we have done and there's so much more left that God wants us to do. And, but if I said I'd done it on my own, there's no such thing as a, a self-made man. There is no such thing. I don't care. I mean, even the breath that we breathe is, is supplied to us by God. Even the air and the oxygen that we breathe. And God loves you. This is my word for you today. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you in the areas and the arenas that no other people could go. I was up praying this morning and I felt like there might be someone in here going, I'm in a place of such darkness. I know. You are the light that's been brought to that darkness. Here's a scripture. It's, um, it's 2 Timothy 2.20. I hand wrote it out this morning. I had it memorized, but I, I wanted to get it right. In a large house, and a house is represent a representation of our, our, our lives. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also some of wood and clay. And you know, in one, one translation, it's just earthly, just normal stuff. Some are for common purposes. Some are for special purposes, and that is you. Some are for dishonorable purposes. Some are for honorable purpose, that is you. Those who will cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for noble purpose. For God's got special purposes for you in your life. They'll be made holy. They'll may be useful to the master for any good work. And um, years ago, just had started our started getting my business up and going, and I was working with somebody um, at church. And so um, he was doing. I was doing at the time. I think I had uh, graduated from drywall. To, I was now doing stucco and painting. And uh, just kind of growing, growing along in our company. And I had this guy, I liked him a lot, you know. Um, and he was doing the stucco work on my jobs. And I was subcontracting the stucco to him. And, you know, um, uh, you know, I just didn't notice some stuff, right? You know, like, I didn't notice he wasn't very good with money. I just didn't notice, right? And, you know, like, every week he would say, hey, can I have, like, you know, a- extra 500 or extra 1,000? 
you know, and, uh, and we'll, we'll take it off, you know, the, the upcoming uh, projects. And we had got to the place where he had received 90% of the money and he had only done less than 50% of the work. He came in and we got in an argument and he said, I quit. I said, you can't quit, you're not done with the work. <laughs> Please finish the work and then you can quit, no problem, right? He's like, nope, I quit and I'm not doing the work. Okay, we went to church together, right? I remember, like, it was really bad, right? And we were in the parking lot of our church, and we almost got in a fist fight. Not my proudest moment. The pastor got in between us. And uh, my pastor came to me, and he said, said to me something I'll never forget. He said, Mike, clearly, you're not in the wrong. But if you will forgive, Alan, God will take care of you. I go, what do you mean forgive him? He ripped me off. I was so angry. I remember, I remember, it's, it was literally like a chain wrapped around my body. Like I was so angry. And I didn't, you know, okay, we were in church, and this is a true story. We were in church. I was at the back of the building, the back of the, uh, the sanctuary. I had my Bible in my hand. He was up at the front pew, and he was praising God and lifting his hands up. And I was in the back with my Bible, and I was like, I know I could take him out from here. I was so angry. How could this guy that was Christian rip me off like that? I met with my pastor, and I said, hey, pastor, I'm angry. I'm angry, and, and, and it's like, I feel like it's something I'm carrying with me every day. And he said, well, have you asked Jesus to help you? And I'm like, well, what, what good is that going to do? But nothing else was working. I remember starting to pray this very, uh, very simple prayer. Jesus, help me. And that's all we have to do. There's things in our lives sometimes we need to get rid of. And all we need to do is say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I need you. I need you to help me. Jesus, help me forgive. I mean, this went on like I did this for a couple of weeks. And this is what I learned. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. And pretty soon those feelings came and the chains started to be released off of my body. You know, but I had all this work that had to be finished, right? And I didn't have anyone to help me and so I put an ad in the paper and I, I got a card through the little mail slot at my work and it said, my name is Manuel and if you don't like my work, you don't have to pay me. I was like, this sounds a lot, of, a lot better than the last guy, you know. So I, I, I gave Manuel the address uh, to the first job that needed to be finished. Um, I, I had to stop and pick material up. I was a little late because, um, because you know, I was uh, picking up material and there was traffic. I got to the job, and he was halfway done with the first job by himself with his own material. I was like, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 
Over the next several weeks, Manuel and I together, we finished all those jobs. And so um, and I, I, I want to tell you this, and this, this, that was the last time I ever physically worked on a job site. Since that day, I never physically, all I had to do is manage jobs after that. Manuel goes, hey, I have a cousin. He needs a job. I'm like, awesome. And then, hey, I, my, my cousin's friend, and you know, pretty soon he's running a crew for us of five guys, right? And we are just, we are crushing it, you know? Then 10 guys, then 20 guys, then 25 guys. They were the best workers I'd ever seen. And they just loved me. I, you know, I, I go to, uh, I pick up lunch every day and I bring it to the job site, right? You know, and I, I remember it was like 99 cents for a Whopper at Burger King, right? You know, like I was on a budget, man. And then I'd go and get a big bag of chips and I'd make, it, I'd make my own ice chest out of uh, those plastic bags and ice, right? You know, and I, you know, in order to feed everybody at lunch. And I just love these guys. They were just so good at their work. And our company is starting to prosper. I sat down with Manuel and some of the guys, and they're all, we really love you, Mike. I'm like, well, that, that's nice. I, uh, I really like you guys, too. You know, I mean, you're really good at what you do. And he goes, no, we really, really love you. I said, why? He said, our last boss, he didn't pay us. You pay us every week. We love you. Well, thank you, Jesus. I got in my car that day and I was driving away and I, I said, God, how did I get so lucky with Manuel? How? How did this happen, God? And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, when you forgave Alan, I sent you Manuel. And so um, it's a power of forgiveness. But that power is also in, the, in, the, in releasing bitterness, in releasing other areas of our lives so that we become useful for the master in every good work. You know, we had like a, our first, uh, it was, we didn't even know it was Marketplace Ministry at the time, Jeff, we didn't even know. We had a party at our house, and I invited the people from work and the people from church, and it was like 150 people showed up to our backyard. You know, it was, uh, it was kind of the, uh, uh, showing us the future because we've had so many events in our backyard. Oh my goodness. And so that time, you know, where we invited those 75 people from church and from work, and they all showed up. Some guys from church started talking to Manuel, and I remember it was in 1999. I remember it like yesterday. Manuel was raised, raised his hands and accepted Jesus in my backyard. And he became somewhat of an evangelist after that. And over the years, led hundreds of people in our company and other companies that worked with us to Jesus. And so um, if you're here today and you might be struggling with um, unforgiveness or bitterness and you just want to release that, I want you to stand on your feet. Unforgiveness. And there is so much power in just standing up or saying, God, help me. That, that is the, literally, that sometimes is all we need to do. So God, I take a moment, I say thank you. 
Thank you, God. Thank you, God, uh, that you loved us so much that you forgave us. Thank you, God. And God, um, I just lift up the people here, and Jesus, we just ask you to help us. Help us forgive. Help us, Jesus. Help us to release bitterness. You know, there's this saying is, um, unforgiveness and bitterness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. So God, we release that poison out of our life in Jesus' name. I was never friends again with Alan, and that's okay, but I forgave him. Jan and I actually gave him the money he needed to go to Bible college. And the Lord spoke to us. It was $500, and we gave it to him to drive to Bible college. And it was like a release of that unforgiveness and that bitterness. So God, I thank you, God. God, we say, God, we forgive them. We release it. Jesus, we thank you. You're helping us. We thank you. You're helping us. Thank you, God, for helping us release that poison out of our life. And I thank you, God, the people of authentic church are instruments for noble purpose, for special purposes made holy and useful to the master and prepared for every good work. And if you're in the marketplace, and that anywhere from McDonald's to Microsoft, it doesn't matter. When you're, you know, like if you're, like you're helping people and they're going through the drive-through, you could be saying a, a quick prayer over them every day. You're touching. My wife's a hairdresser. She's shampooing people, and you know, um, and she's and she's praying like, God, let my shampoos give glory to your name. You're touching people every day. Every people, everyday people that need Jesus. So if you're if you're in the marketplace, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Fawn. And Jan and I, we want to pray for you. If you, would, if you are in the marketplace and you believe God is calling you to be in a, if this is ringing in your ears and you believe God is calling you to be an ambassador for Christ to your sphere of influence, I, we want you to come up front and we want to pray over you. We want to lay hands on you. We want to commission you. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I would just pray for an impartation this morning, God. We pray a blessing upon every person, God, called to the marketplace, God. Bless the work of their hands. Strengthen them. Strengthen them, God. I pray above all, God, that they would have a close, right relationship with you, unbroken fellowship with you. I pray blessing over them today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your kindness over them, God. In the days ahead, God, I thank you that you're going to give them strategies and solutions. You're going to give them divine downloads from heaven. I believe there's going to be inventions that are going to be created 
that people are going to see schematics as you're going to wake up in the middle of the night or early in the morning. You're going to see literally like a schematic and like an engineered drawing of like an invention that God's going to lead you to create. God, I pray favor and blessing over the people of the marketplace. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would put into them everything that they need to do all that you've called them to do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we just receive it from you this morning. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up this morning. Holy Spirit, come and fill me up this morning. Put anything that I need in my life to do what you've called me to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill me this morning. I pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I thank you for supernatural blessings that signs and miracles and wonders would follow us who believe. I thank you, Lord God, for supernatural provision in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray supernatural provision in the name of Jesus. I I, I pray right now, I feel to pray uh, for debt to be canceled out. And if you're here and you just maybe feel, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, so don't feel like you got to raise your hand, but maybe you're here and you just got an overwhelming amount of debt and it feels like it's choking you. I just want to pray that there's going to be a supernatural canceling of that debt. So if that's you, I'm going to pray over you. You just receive this prayer. I pray in the name of Jesus, a cancellation of debt. And Lord, I pray, Lord, would you forgive, forgive us, forgive them for maybe foolish spending. Forgive them for emotional spending. God, give them wisdom in their finances. Give them wisdom. I pray that there would be self-control. There would be restraint, self-control to what to say yes to, what no. What's a want versus a need? I pray for wisdom. And Lord, I pray as they ask for your forgiveness, God, would you just wipe away, as you forgive us for maybe some foolish choices in life and things done, God, as we come into that forgiveness, God, we just say thank you. And Lord, I pray right now that you would begin to turn things around. I pray that there would be a supernatural turning in their finances in the name of Jesus. I pray that there would be debt consolidation. There would be rebates that would come in. There would be checks that would come in the mail. There would be pay raises. I pray that there would be a covering of debt, that they would just, the creditors would stop calling in the name of Jesus. I pray that it would be shored up. I pray that it would be paid. I pray, Father, supernaturally that you would get rid of the debt in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I'll be honest with you on this topic. Years ago, Fawn and I are young in marriage. We bought a house. We over-leveraged. We overspent. We did all those things. And then the crash happened, 2007 and 8. For those of you that rode that crash, that was fun. And so we crashed, and it's like we're up to our eyeballs in debt, over $40,000 of debt. And I just pray. I'm like, Lord, would you just forgive me for spending foolishly, impulses, doing things that I shouldn't have done? Would you just forgive me? And then I just made a commitment. I'm going to walk in wisdom. So I got counseling from somebody that was good in their finances. And we began to just chunk down debt. We began to be just, you know, stewards of what God put in our, our, our hands. And we began to just chunk out debt. A few dollars here, a few dollars there. 
little extra here, an extra $100 on that payment, and that extra $500 there. And then supernaturally, God would begin to bless us. And then we'd get raises at work, and God would bless that. And I remember we were down. We had just under $9,000 of debt left to pay off. And our first, our daughter Brighton was about to be born. And one of my prayers was, Lord, I pray that we'd be debt-free by the time our daughter comes. And so we were praying, and we're chunking it out. We're doing as best we can. And literally, two weeks before Fawn goes on maternity leave, my boss walks up and throws an envelope on my desk. He said, hey, that's for your baby. And I'm like, cool, thanks. And I open it up, and it was literally a check for $10,000. It wasn't a bonus. It was just... And the guy was not saved, <laughs> far from it. And he just said, that was, I called my wife, I'm like, you couldn't believe it. So we were so excited. Out of that $10,000, we tied the thousand, we had 9,000 left, that was more than enough to pay off the remaining debt. I'm telling you. So if you're here and that's a struggle for you, I just wanna pray supernatural increase. So Lord, I thank you, Father, for wiping out debt in this house, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that we would not be in debt to any person in Jesus' name. God, I pray for an abundance. I pray, God, more than enough in the name of Jesus. God, would you bless the work of our hands in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, I pray, Father, that the prosperity on your people would be so great that it would spill out to friends and neighbors and, and to that waitress like Mike and his friends. They blessed that waitress years ago and just gave her a big tip. Lord God, I pray that just those little things... Lord God, I pray a blessing upon your people, God. Thank you for being the God of more than enough. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for doing something in our hearts today, God. Thank you, Lord. And God, we just love and honor and worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. Can we just give God praise for what he's done today? Thank you, Jesus. Can we thank Mike and Janet for driving down from Simi Valley to spend some time with us? Thank you guys so much. We just, we love you and we're so honored by you. And uh, I, I just want to pray a blessing upon you. Um, there's no other man in my life that I've ever prayed more with than Mike. We, we've, we've prayed together hours and hours. We've prayed together through the years. And I just want to pray just in, in, in continuation. And, and they've stepped out in faith and they launched this Thrive Teaching, this ministry. And their heartbeat is just to make everything available for free. <laughs> So if you go on there and there's videos and small group curriculum and you can download and, and in addition to that, Mike wanted to give you, he has an incredible book, Supernatural Business, that shares a lot of the principles he shared today and more. And it's his gift to everybody here today. Uh, so there's more than enough. So you can grab that on your way out at the connect table. Uh, but I just want to pray a blessing upon them. Lord, I just thank you for Mike and Janet. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your hand upon their lives. Thank you, Lord, for blessing them. I pray blessing upon their marriage. Pray, pray blessing over their kids. God, thank you, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit moving upon them in and through their family. Thank you for guarding them. Thank you for just thwarting every attack of the devil over their lives, over their finances, over their ministry endeavors, over their business endeavors, and we just bless them in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray for more. God, I pray that they're walking into the greatest seasons that they've ever walked in, in Jesus' name. I thank you for supernatural downloads from heaven. Thank you for prophetic downloads from you, God. I thank you, Lord God, when Janet, when she's just getting up in the morning, that you're so there and just speaking to her and giving her downloads of who she is as your daughter and things that are going to happen that day. God, I thank you for Mike. I thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit 
Spirit upon him in greater measure. I thank you for signs and miracles and wonders. I pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have for them to manifest in the name of Jesus. I pray for that gift of healing to manifest in the name of Jesus. That literally people that were broken see healing. People that were hurting experience healing and health in the name of Jesus. God, we pray your blessing upon them, God. I pray blessing over Thrive Teaching in the new season, God, that it would be launched in in the hands of thousands of people. God, I'm praying that over 5,000 people would go through that curriculum this year in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for raising up business leaders that are going to be imparted through Mike and Janet, Lord God, and not for their name. God, they don't want to make a name for themselves. They could care less about that. Lord, I thank you that they just want to make your name great. So, Lord, I pray, Father, for more opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that more people would come to know Jesus is Lord in this next season than all the previous 30 years of them living for you. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you, God. We pray blessing upon them in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening.